Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. This is your host and founder, Avinash. I'm very excited about today's episode. We're talking to one of the most interesting guests on the show, according to me. <laughs> Today we're talking to Gennaro Chiofano. Did I get the last name right, Gennaro? Yeah, yeah, you, you got it right. Actually, you know, I, probably probably you must have taken Italian classes and uh, <laughs> you, you didn't tell me. So thank you. Thank you for uh, having me, Avinash. It's going to be a very nice conversation. I'm glad, uh, you know, you took the time also to reach out and uh, hope uh, we can create value for your community as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll say a few words about Gennaro uh, as well. So after graduating from law school, uh, Gennaro worked in a legal field. His passion afterwards lied in finance and international business, which brought him to become a range of things, a business journalist, a private trader, a financial analyst, an assistant controller. Gennaro has done his MBA from Luis Business School and University of San Diego. But more interestingly, one of the main reasons I have Gennaro on the show today is because of the business that he created called 4weekmba.com. We'll come to that later on the show. Currently, Gennaro is also helping develop another business called WordLift and is a contributor for Search Engine People, Inc. So Gennaro, officially, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very nice presentation, and uh, you know, I, I'm gonna. You, you have to write that down because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's uh, you. You've done a very nice, uh, very nice job in uh, re- really putting together um, all my professional life in the in the last years. So <laughs> thank you for thank you for that. No worries, no worries. Thanks a lot. So you know, that's 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 what I could put down on paper. But you know, since you are here, how would you like to describe your journey in your own words? You know, how did your how did your mindset and your thought process develop over you know, this period of time? Well, I, I would describe uh, my journey with the one word, which is uh, complicated, <laughs> meaning that, uh, you know, as you said, uh, I started uh, as, a, as a lawyer. And, um, you know, I, I knew already since uh, I was doing law school that um, I didn't want to be a lawyer. So uh, as soon as I was in my second year uh, in, in law school, I already was quite passionate about finance, business and so on. And, th- and that's why I was reading a lot, uh, you know, financial newspapers. Uh, and I was trying to get uh, to understand how the, the financial world uh, worked. And that's why I also started to, you know, trade stocks and these kind of things while I was uh, in, uh, in law school. So. When actually I, I finished law school, um, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Uh, I had uh, two, two choices in front of me. Of course, the first one, which, which was the easy choice, uh, is uh, uh, go and, you know, just, uh, just be a lawyer. But uh, there was uh, something um, I didn't want to be uh, just because I didn't think I was going to be a good lawyer. So I decided, uh, okay, um, now I have two options here. Either... Um, I uh, take another degree uh, in economics or business, uh, which, by the way, uh, was not a good option just because in Italy, um, a degree in economics uh, or business administration can be uh, can take as long as five years. Mm. Or um, another another path, which really uh, was uh, was uh, sounded nice to me, was okay. Let's uh, do an MBA, an international MBA, because in this way. I can I can switch my focus from law to a business, and at the same time I can uh, you know in in two years I can have a practical understanding of uh, of uh, the business world, and uh, I can also get some uh, professional experience because as you know 
um, throw out the MBA. At the end of it, you also do uh, undertake like um, a project uh, with with a company which is gonna push you toward the the, the professional world. And that's that's what I, I like the most. And that's why um, I, at the time I was uh, I was in Rome, uh, in Italy, studying uh, law. Um, and as soon as I finished, uh, I went uh, in Washington D.C. for a few months and. Uh, uh, you know, um, was an intern there as a, as a business journalist. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got back, I was like, okay, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm going to take an MBA, an international MBA from uh, Lewis Business School, which is a very uh, known uh, business school here in uh, in, uh, in Italy. And, um, you know, after after the program, I also finished it in, uh, in uh, San Diego, at University of San Diego. And uh, th- that was that was really a great a great experience, and uh, you know, really allowed me to uh, switch my focus from uh, from law and to business uh, as fast as I could. And at the same time, you know, I also understood that uh, um, actually my, my law degree was was quite useful in the mindset mm. um, that, uh, that it, then it was helpful to me uh, to, to to also you know. Uh, get better at what I was doing uh, at the time. So uh, j- long story short, I, I finished this, uh, this MBA as uh, an exchange student in, uh, in San Diego, at University mm-hmm. of San Diego. And then after that, I landed right away uh, a job as financial analyst for a real estate investing firm. And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, after a few, actually after three years uh, as financial analyst, I understood that also that was not uh, the kind of path I wanted to uh, to take for my whole life. Just because for, for, for the kind of person that I am, I like to be very um, dynamic and change, you know, focus uh, every few, three or five years. And so for me, uh, being, uh, you know, going in the financial field um, uh, and Keep going in financial field meant, uh, you know, not being able to uh, go back, professionally speaking, and that's why I resigned uh, as a financial analyst. Like uh, one day, I just decided, okay, um, I'm just going to resign and uh, figure out what to do next. So I, I didn't have a plan at the time. Um, you know, usually you hear people uh, just start with a plan, and then after you you do uh, you, you stick with your plan. I mean, honestly, at the time, I didn't have a plan. So I just resigned, even though I had an H-1B, which is a very good, uh, it's a business visa. And for people who got it in U.S., they know how hard it is to get it and uh, how nice it is to have it. But I didn't care uh, because uh, I felt uh, that was not uh, the kind of, um, uh, you know, life I wanted. And so I, I resigned. I went back. I, I went to New York for a couple of months and then uh, I went to I went back to Italy. And that is when... Um, I started the four-week MBA. Uh, I said, okay, um, the things that I've been doing in the last years probably can be useful to other people uh, to, you know, to 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 gain um, insights about business as fast as possible. Because also the MBA is a very good program. I think it's uh, one of the best when it comes to business. But at the same time, uh, there is an issue with that. It still takes, uh, you know, two years of full commitment, and you know, it takes also a lot of financial resources to to complete. So I was like, why not to start a, a place like a website, a blog, where I could um, teach people. Uh, business, um, you know, business skills uh, without having to go through uh, an MBA. And that's where I decided to put together uh, online courses in uh, finance, accounting uh, and business uh, 
um, and then you know I published a few ebooks and that's uh, that's how my adventure in the digital marketing world uh, started because I understood at the time uh, I thought okay I'm going to create uh, uh, great content and then once I do so uh, it's gonna sell itself but uh, I realized very soon that uh, uh, it was not the case I had to learn how to market myself how to market my products how to sell them and that's where uh, digital marketing uh, marketing um, was uh, useful to me and uh, that is why I started to dive into so this field, and that's why then, um, just uh, about uh, more than a year ago, um, I met with the team at uh, Worldlift, which is uh, um, an Italian startup, which has a software which uh, I, uh, you know automates uses artificial intelligence to automate the um, the SEO, which is that part that uh, uh, if you have a website, you you want to make sure that Google is able to find it, and that's where SEO is going to help you out with. And that's how my journey started in the business development world, um, and that's uh, that's where I am right now. So, yeah, uh, hope hope I didn't take too long for me. To <laughs> no, this is great. This gives a really good overview, and I have like a bunch of questions around that. So, okay. uh, just to summarize, so basically, you went from law to finance to to digital marketing, and you did so in um, in a relatively short period. Um, on one hand, I I will have to say I'm really envious of that because. Um, I'm also someone who likes to move around a lot, but I feel at some play- phases of my life I took too long to make that jump. In your case, it's it's really good that you made the jump rather quickly. I I passed as an engineer, and I I knew I was bad at engineering, but I stayed on for three years. <laughs> well, I mean, if if you're bad at something but you still love it, it makes sense to to continue with that. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. But I guess if, if you right. don't even love it, then that's that's the issue, and that's that's what I was facing. I was like, uh, I don't really. Uh, I was feeling frustrated because I didn't like the the road I was uh, I was taking, and so that's why I uh, switched the focus uh, so so quickly. So in in both in both cases, when I uh, when I was a lawyer and I had to become a switch to finance, I didn't have doubt, I didn't want to be a lawyer. So I knew I didn't want to be one a lawyer, so that's why I switched. And then when I was undertaking more like the career in the financial field, I was like, okay, I don't want to be that neither. So there's no doubt I had to switch, I had to do something else. And you know, for me, just uh, uh, digital marketing and uh, entrepreneurship was something that uh, um, was just uh, the right way to to go because uh, it allowed me to to have more freedom and to decide what to do with uh, with my life without having to commit with any particular field. But you know that's that's for the kind of person that I am. It doesn't have to be like that for for anyone. Yeah, true, true. Some of the logistics questions around it. So after a law degree, I'm pretty sure a law degree must be expensive. So how did you? Um, I guess switching to finance might have hopefully taken care of the fact that you might have had some kind of a student debt or something when you actually did switch well uh, here here in italy is uh, is a little bit uh, different uh-huh. compared uh, to other countries uh, it, a low degree is uh, is uh, might be expensive um, and of course it was but uh, here um, until uh, um, like uh, here like you have more um, um, support from government mm. from family and so this is what uh, really allows you to uh, keep going uh, without, you know, worrying too much about uh, about that, which gives you more more freedom. I mean, if I were in US, of course, probably 
uh, this kind of switch uh, wouldn't have been so easy just because if I had uh, a huge debt on my shoulders, then you know there's no way that I would have um, decided to switch uh, career. So for sure, uh, being uh, being in Italy was a great advantage because uh, I had a uh, great support both from uh, like especially from my family, which allowed me to uh, get more freedom on what uh, I wanted to do next. Yeah, and, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So coming specifically to the MBA, what? What other, um, so I understand your motivation of doing the MBA, that was, that's pretty clear. What are the other uh, universities you had in mind um, when you were actually considering doing the MBA? Well, in Italy, we have two major uh, business schools, uh, and one uh, is Bocconi in Milan, and the other one is Louis uh, in Rome. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, uh, it made sense to go to the to, to the second one, to Louis Business School, uh, first because uh, I also graduated from there. I knew already the environment. You, uh, you know, I had already friends in Rome. I was living in Rome, so mm-hmm. it, it was a no-brainer for me. And second, uh, what I like the most about uh, Louis is that. Um, uh, at the time, they opened up uh, an international MBA program. Now, it has become a very big one. You know, we have people uh, all, all over the world. But at the time, it was a very small program. Like, we were, like, probably 15 people in the program. And But what I like the most is that they had very good exchange programs uh, uh, with uh, with a very good university. And so what, uh, uh, what made me uh, choose the Louis uh, MBA was that uh, I saw that they had an exchange program with the University of San Diego. And since I wanted to really uh, focus on corporate finance, um, at the University of San Diego at the time, there was a former um, uh, McKinsey uh, financial analyst, which is one, uh, which is really one of, uh, actually was the head of corporate finance at McKinsey, which is Thomas Copeland. Mm. Uh, like for people who work in the financial field, uh, he's, he's a kind of, he was kind of a rock star. Uh, it still is a, uh, so um, so that's why I, I decided to go to go with that. I, I, I didn't have doubt. I wanted to uh, you know do my international MBA starting in Rome, and then I wanted to finish in San Diego, and then I knew uh, I had to do anything I could just to get uh, to land a job in US because at the time I was like I had to live in US. So you know those are those are the kind of things that uh, change throughout your life. But in my twenties I was like uh, I want to live in US. Because you know, when I was 18, I saw the, I watched the movie, you know, Wall Street with, uh, with Gecko, Michael Douglas. Uh, so I was like <laughs> kind of excited about that kind of world. Um, so that that is that is also what uh, brought me there. Nice, nice, nice. Good, good. How did you find the atmosphere uh, in the education between uh, Italy and uh, US since you actually did MBA in both the places? Mm -hmm. How do you compare the two places? What are some of the similarities and what are some of the differences that you found? Right. The the first uh, similarity is that uh, both programs had uh, very good uh, corporate finance um, uh, teachers, uh, instructors. So uh, if you want to undertake a career in corporate finance, uh, both um, Louis Business School and University of San Diego make sense. Um, And, uh, you know, one other aspect is that uh, people both in Rome and uh, in San Diego are very friendly. And so you really... um, can make the most uh, out of it uh, of your experience, not only as uh, as a student, but also as a uh, uh, you know as a person outside the the the, the MBA program. 
And uh, of course, the third aspect, the third similarity between Rome and San Diego, although they are very different cities, they are very, uh, they are beautiful cities. Uh, Rome, it's amazing because it has a long history. Uh, whenever you walk, you find like uh, monuments which are uh, thousands uh, years old, which remind you that, uh, you know, once Rome was the most powerful empire in the world and now it doesn't uh, exist anymore. So it reminds you that uh, nothing is forever. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's beautiful to see that, uh, you know, each time also now I walk through, through Rome and uh, is beautiful uh, each day uh, it's even more beautiful so you never uh, get tired uh, of that True. and then the same is san diego san diego is uh, it's i think in california it's uh, the place where you want to be uh, especially if you're young because um, it's uh, the, the lifestyle is uh, is amazing uh, people there are, are very friendly and um, you know just a lot of surfing and uh, skateboarding and so on but uh, as for the program as well the same uh, people uh, were, were very friendly professors were uh, pretty uh, available all the time and you know i managed to speak uh, with um, also classes were very small ones which is very i think is very positive because that uh, really improves the interactions with the professors and the other students. And then, of course, I found uh, smart people both in Rome and in, uh, in San Diego. Um, if, uh, if there is one thing different, of course, uh, is, the, uh, is the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in San Diego you can surf, in Rome you can surf as well, but uh, not uh, the whole year. Yeah. Uh, jogging, jogging aside, um, like uh, the, um, the industries are, are, are a bit different, mm. meaning that uh, San Diego is more focused on uh, biotech, uh, um, real estate, um, and uh, you know those kind of uh, industries. Rome uh, probably is more in the tourism uh, and, um, you know, and... Um, also, also the startup ecosystem now it's uh, springing up, uh, sprouting up, but uh, uh, of course it's not as big as uh, as in US. Yeah, but it's actually growing up, isn't it? Because that's the that's the similarities I see as well. So I I came from India to the UK uh, mm. seven years ago, and seven years ago, uh, you know, th- there weren't that many startups to speak of uh, in India. And now actually, you go and it's filled with startups everywhere. So I'm sure even the scene the between Rome and US, the difference or the this, the range must be quite large, but now I think the world is coming more connected. So that's why I think you find equal number of really good startups coming up mm-hmm. in Italy or anywhere in the world uh, yeah. as compared to the US. So maybe I, that's I, also helped you go back relatively mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree with that. And uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, we 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 think about startup uh, and we associate with the uh, with that like California or especially San Francisco area, which is true. I mean, the, the venture capital money is there. But um, surprisingly, when I started to work in this, uh, in this world, I figured that many startups that I love are actually from, uh, from, uh, from Europe. Mm. Um, and so that, that was quite surprisingly, su- surprising for me, uh, especially, especially in Israel, there is a very huge uh, ecosystem of startups. Again, uh, when it comes to funding, so venture capital, uh, here the market is uh, tiny compared uh, to US, but uh, the ecosystem is forming. And now, um, you know, I, I was also lucky to, to find a um, company uh, like Worldlift just because um, you know, we, we, we work in the digital marketing world. So even though we're in Italy, we every day we deal with people from US, from mm-hmm. Canada, from uh, New Zealand, uh, from India, 
So there, there's really no boundaries. Uh, the internet gave us the chance to talk to anyone, and that's the great uh, thing, thing about it. You can live anywhere and still deal with anyone around the world. True, true. That's why when I go to your LinkedIn profile, the fourweekmba.com, it says global. And, and that's yeah, true exactly. because you are global. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's uh, that's why I started it in English because uh, I, I found fascinating that I could talk with uh, you know anyone in the world quite, quite much. I mean, um, most people speak, uh, have a basic understanding of English. So uh, that, was, uh, that made sense to me, even though... Um, uh, when clients today ask me when they're starting a website uh, what to do, I always say to focus and you know to look for a niche, which means that uh, if you're in Italy, uh, it makes more sense uh, to start a blog in Italian because uh, you're gonna be uh, it's gonna be easier to build your audience. But at the time, I didn't care, and still I don't care because uh, for me, it's really about uh, you know meeting interesting people around the world, and that's how we got in touch. Uh, you know, so it, it means that. Uh, um, that, that's the way uh, it has to be. True, true, absolutely true. So, so after your MBA, you you went on to join uh, as a financial analyst and a conf- assistant controller in San Diego in a company yep. called Pacifica Enterprises Inc. Exactly. So you worked there for. About three years. About three years. Okay, yeah, almost, great. Yeah. So I can understand that journey, you know, from MBA to the finance, but. You said you took the jump to actually go into entrepreneurship. Tell me more about that. I'm really fascinated. Like, how did you get yourself? Because number one, of course, you're obviously paying yourself as as opposed to a job. Right. Um, so how did that thought process of going from a job to entrepreneurship come for you? Is it something that was always developing in your mind or did it just happen? What was the trigger? <laughs> Right. So when when I was uh, about uh, 17, 18, I knew um, I wanted uh, to work uh, for myself. Mm. But uh, the strange thing that happened is that as soon as I dived into the academic world, um, so university, I convinced myself that I needed to work for someone else. And that's that's what brought me, um, you know, uh, to, to take this kind of career path. Uh, but uh, soon enough, I realized that uh, it was not the kind of life that I wanted to do. But at the time, um, I really believed that I had to work for someone else. Uh, I had to be an employee. So it really took me a mindset as which, uh, which uh, was not, uh, you know, uh, instantaneous. It took me a few months to get uh, in that kind of mindset. And, you know, I, I started, um, the, the interesting thing is that, uh, I realized I could do that, uh, especially when I found out about online business, uh, uh, digital marketing, because I was like, okay, I can, uh, I don't have to sell um, necessarily a physical product or anything uh, which uh, is too committing from uh, the entrepreneurial standpoint. I can start with something small uh, and still uh, make the jump. And that's uh, what uh, made me do that. And at the time, if uh, it can be useful for people which are listening, I, uh, a few resources which uh, really helped me uh, were, of course, uh, a classic book uh, which anyone has read uh, if uh, is doing the switch to digital entrepreneurship is uh, the uh, four-hour uh, work week mm. from uh, Tim Ferriss, which is book. a nice, <laughs> uh, nice good reading, which uh, really helps you get into that kind of mindset. Um, and when when I read that, I was like, okay, uh, why not? Uh, why not do the same? Then at the time in San Diego. I didn't even know that uh, San Diego is the is the um, is very known in the world uh, for social media marketing and for digital uh, marketing, 
And I didn't even know that in San Diego there are like uh, people which are very influent in the field, like uh, Pat Flynn, like uh, Guy Kawasaki, uh, like, you know, also, if I'm not mistaken, also Tim Ferriss uh, has lived in San Diego for for a while. I think but, he's lived um, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's, li- he's lived everywhere. But I think uh, there was a period in which he was in San Diego. But anyway, San Diego is the center uh, of uh, digital, uh, social media marketing especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I met uh, at the time uh, two um, two Spanish uh, um, like the, uh, um, two, two Spanish uh, friends of mine in San Diego, which have also a blog in uh, in Spanish, which mm-hmm. is called Masi Mejor, and they um, they kind of uh, taught me about this word. Uh, so um, they they said, okay, look at those things because probably those are things that are very interesting to you. So I started to also to listen to a few podcasts at the time, like uh, like of course Tim Ferriss uh, podcast, and then there was Pat Flynn, which is a smart passive income, which is another great resource. And then there was another one um, called uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, which yeah. is another great podcast. Uh, again. Exactly, John Lee Dumas. And, you know, again, I was in San Diego and I didn't even know those people existed because I was in the financial uh, industry. So uh, I couldn't care less about uh, digital marketing. But then uh, when I figured out there was such a word, I was fascinated. I was like, okay, I have to build my business right now um, because I can do that. Uh, And, you know, I can do it also on my own. I don't have to start big or I don't have to start hiring people. I can just start from a very simple project um, and do it. So um, since at the time I had been a financial analyst and, you know, I was uh, uh, an MBA, I said, okay, let's take uh, the things that I've learned and let's put uh, something, uh, let's get something out of uh, of that. And so I I launched a few info products, uh, so a few online courses on uh, Udemy which is an online course um, platform in yeah. those days is, uh, is very famous now, it's very popular. At the time it was uh, something which uh, was popular in US not that much. So I was like, okay, this is also a chance for me since no one knows me probably to start from there. And that's how I started. And now with, uh, with no marketing effort, uh, like uh, I had more than uh, 3,800 students or wow. so forth. I mean, numbers there is not like uh, you, you don't make much on uh, each uh, single course sale, but of course uh, you, you get a network uh, that otherwise you wouldn't. And, uh, you know, there are uh, millions and millions of people each month uh, going through Udemy, so it's nice to have the, this, that kind of visibility. And that's how I started. And that's how I started to generate my first, uh, uh, let's call it passive income, mm. because initially, initially it took me a few months to um, to build my the, the ebook the, the courses and so forth but then uh, i still get money from those uh, those resources even though i'm i'm not doing anything at all so even though i'm focused right now on other things uh, those things still generate a uh, little money for me which isn't bad yeah absolutely no i'm really i'm really fascinated by that so this whole concept of moving to digital marketing and all the guys you mentioned that's really interesting because i've been I've been interested in digital marketing for a long time, but I've been in product management, um, which is which is related but not exactly. So now even I'm making the switch from product management to digital marketing because I think it's such a interesting space to be in. So, so one question which I think you already answered is, you know, my question was, do you think you would have still 
pursued that opportunity if you were in Italy as compared to being in San Diego? But I guess you already answered that being in San Diego opened you up to that world. And that is ne- not necessarily something you might have got influence in Italy. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I really don't know how to answer because the strange, uh, the strange thing is that uh, I... Um, as I said, I was in in San Diego, but I didn't have idea, I didn't have a clue about uh, the digital so marketing. So you were there, world. but not there. <laughs> exactly. I, I was. Uh, what, what actually uh, helped me to get into there is that uh, at the time uh, I developed the habit of reading a lot. Like I was reading, reading, reading as much as I could, mm. and. Um, that of course uh, uh, made me realize that uh, there was another world that I didn't know about, and. Uh, and of course, San Diego helped because uh, if you think about it, those people that I met and that, and that actually brought me to that world were people that were in San Diego just because San Diego is is the center of uh, social media marketing, digital marketing, and so on. So that that helped. Uh, if I were in Italy, would I have discovered that? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but uh, I cannot guarantee 100%. I mean, uh, sometimes uh, things influence you in a subtle way. And uh, you just realize afterwards. So, um, yeah. But I think it's a really what? interesting point yeah. that you made that, you know, your education about digital marketing did not necessarily come from the location. It actually right. came from online media such as podcasts and blogs and a book, you know, Tim Ferriss's book. Now, I think that's why it's becoming uh, quite a global place because. Being in a certain location doesn't necessarily mean that you're influenced by the same kind of, you know, news. Rather, it's about the kind of people you follow. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It helps. It helps a lot, and uh, um, it's good. It's good uh, to to really um, try to understand. Uh, uh, you know, to, uh, those days you have resources uh, again from people. Now I can go and download a podcast from mm-hmm. someone. On the other side of the world, and I could do the same. I could start a podcast now, um, and people can listen to me in any part of the world, which is uh, which is very cool. So um, that's something that helps for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm and I'm hoping you know podcasts like this also like how we are talking, and that's that's the whole point, right? To start something that has an influence, because even now I get downloads from like fifty plus countries. Now there's wow. no way that you know, people listening in those countries can actually talk about MBA with people around them necessarily, but they also go online and search. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's actually right. a really great medium. So, at, at the same time, now you sold me you sold me the the podcast. So uh, <laughs> probably I'm gonna start my own because 50 countries is uh, is a lot. I mean, yeah. Absolutely, it's fantastic. Sometimes I go on my podcast statistics and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know, you know, such a place has, has even the capacity to listen to podcasts. So it's it's really amazing. <laughs> wow. Impressive. And yeah, so that, that's really great. So you went from, uh, you know, finance job to starting a four-week MBA. One question I had, at least according to your LinkedIn profile, it seems quite uh, sequential. But did you actually quit your job first and then start or did you actually got started while in your job and then quit once you had enough confidence that, you know, this is an, a path or avenue you want to continue? Which which one of it was was it? <laughs> well, I just uh, just quit my job and then after <laughs> after a few weeks, um, I'm, I'm a very active person. Um, I don't know how, I mean, as, as uh, many people um, 
at the at their age uh, um, I was uh, I was quite active and so in a, in a few weeks I really figured I could start uh, mm. uh, right, right there um, uh, teaching online and uh, you know doing uh, info products uh, doing having my own blog and those things so it really probably probably the, the switch uh, the um, transition was no more than a few weeks I see. so because because I left um, uh, I decided to quit my job I resigned and then uh, I left uh, San Diego and uh, I went straight uh, to New York for a couple of months because mm. I wanted to make the transition before going back to Italy and plus, in addition, uh, I, I was also trying to see uh, whether um, I really wanted to make uh, the switch, meaning that uh, before really jumping in the digital marketing, for a couple of months, I still was doing interviews in the financial uh, world in New York. And actually, mm. I, a couple of them were, uh, were successful and uh, I, I had, um, um, I mean, I had a job offer, but even so, uh, in front of the job offer, I was like, okay, uh, no, I, I don't feel that this is right. So um, I went back to Italy, but I had already started uh, to put everything together. Uh, at the time, uh, though, uh, there is one thing to say, um, online marketing, building your online business uh, is not easy at all. And uh, although at the beginning uh, there is a lot of, um, you know, of excitement uh, and you feel like, okay, I can do this uh, and I can make, I don't know, $5,000, $10,000 per month uh, in a six months time and you start with those old crazy um, objectives, uh, you know, you write it down, you, you follow the steps, those things. Uh, it might not happen because um, online business right now is very competitive. And uh, there is also a principle uh, which I think applies in uh, online uh, marketing uh, even more than any other industry, which is uh, winner takes it all, meaning that uh, mm. there is one player uh, like you take Tim Ferriss or Parflin or, you know, John Lee Dumas. You take three people which are very successful and for each three of them, there are probably like three or 300 million which uh, have a blog but don't make any money. So uh, if you're starting, if you're starting with uh, online marketing and digital marketing and uh, build your own uh, business, you have to know that uh, this is cool. Uh, it's a nice uh, way, uh, but uh, it takes a lot of effort. Uh, and if you don't become good at marketing and selling right away, then uh, then you're doomed. I'm sorry to say so, but uh, uh, at the time, uh, no one told me, uh, no one told me that. And uh, you know, I just thought, I just thought. Uh, uh, let me let me write the best ebook about you know whatever and uh, it's gonna sell itself. No way. You have to uh, start selling even before you have the product because uh, that's also kind of validation. So right now, uh, if um, I'm going to launch uh, new info products or anything that uh, will come next, I don't know yet. Honestly, uh, I'll do it in a different way. So first, I will generate buds around. Uh, uh, the, the the product that um, I have in mind, and then just after that, when I know that there is a market, when I, do, I know that there is uh, there are already people that trust me enough to uh, finance the project, that is when I'll go all in. And uh, you know, of course now, uh, uh, if you tell me would you do that again, I would because you know that's felt uh, right at the time. But uh, I didn't know many things, and uh, you know I learned them through uh, experience. Um, and so uh, that's why if you're starting uh, um, now in digital marketing, it makes sense to start also small. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big thing. 
Um, plus, it's a, it's, um, it's a win-win. I mean, even though, let's say you want to start a blog and you do so because you, or a podcast, like in your case, because you, this is the chance for you to meet interesting people. And uh, what a better way of a blog or a podcast to do that. And you start building your network. So that's an, an awesome idea. You cannot lose with that. Um, so uh, just go for it. But if you think, you know, I'll just be a digital marketer and I'm going to make a uh, uh, you know, uh, a million uh, in the first year, there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting you say that you have to start selling before you even start building a product. And Absolutely. The distribution is the first, like now that I'm a business developer, I know that for a fact. Uh, because uh, I, I know, um, especially when you think about content, uh, think about it, um, especially written content or podcast or video or whatever, uh, you, you say uh, I'll produce it and then I'll distribute it. No way. You, uh, if you're doing it for business, even before um, you have it, uh, even before you you write something or you record a podcast or you do, um, you know, an ebook or whatever, uh, you have to know uh, who you're talking to and where um, where is going to be, which channels will uh, will actually allow your product uh, to 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 sell itself. So. Uh, you have to think about distribution even before uh, you have uh, the, 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 let's say, the final product. And that's uh, usually why, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, it's not me saying that. Uh, many famous uh, entrepreneurs uh, said it. Uh, but uh, one main cause of uh, not being able to scale up a startup or uh, of a business is just because you're lacking uh, the distribution. Which, uh, again, doesn't mean that you have to have uh, 1,000 customers or 100,000 customers. You just need probably 100 people which uh, pay you and uh, you're good to go. And, you know, on that, on that I think it's very, uh, a very cool um, piece is that of 1,000 uh, true fans of Kevin Kelly, mm. which is, uh, you know, it's a marketing piece uh, which uh, I suggest anyone to read right away if you're going to, to build your own, uh, your own product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And you, you, you sound like someone with a lot of battle scars, you know. And I can, yeah, I I can do, really because, see uh, that. Exactly, because uh, you know. Uh, but again, sometimes uh, you know, many many of the things that I'm saying right now, um, sometimes you you're not even ready to listen. So I may yeah. be saying things, and people are listening, but. Uh, if you're not ready yet, so you need a little bit of experience as well, and you need a little bit of failure because uh, otherwise you're not ready to listen yet. Uh, you, you know, people might be uh, thinking, oh, "What the heck is he saying right now?" But uh, I, I went through it, so I know that. Uh, but if you didn't go through it, most probably you're not ready yet to listen that. Yeah, listen absolutely. That. No, I, I, I can see that because even I have had a few failed projects where I, I had that mindset. You know, let's build it, and then people will come. I mean. How can people right. not buy it? It's like so obvious. But right. then... This is the best product in the world, right? <laughs> why, why wouldn't they buy it? Exactly, exactly. That didn't go well. And that's why I think I think a few failures obviously teach you those things. Um, and that's why the podcast is also really interesting, right? So uh, now listening to you, I wish I had that learning and experience when I even got started because I started the podcast and 
I had I had some episodes online and then I started uh, you know marketing and mm-hmm. obviously in the beginning the uptake was really slow because nobody knew I existed but on right. the other hand if I would have thought about you know getting the word out before even even mm-hmm. recording the first episode then that's also a way to measure the interest so it's really interesting I think I think these are the kind of things that come by learning and it's it's really good that you're Right. actually communicating that based on your own <laughs> plus plus in your case uh, you have an advantage which uh, i think your content uh, doesn't uh, get old, doesn't uh, get old meaning yeah. that uh, you know you, you have really a content that you can use in 5 years so even if you go back now and uh, you start creating distributions for 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 all the you know episodes which uh, might have not been successful just mm. because you didn't market them enough uh, then uh, you you can still do that that's a good thing True. um that's also what I did with my blog. Uh, I, you know, I took cold articles, which is a, a normal process, especially for uh, who does blogging. Um, there may be old articles which have been not successful just because you're not, you're not have been thinking uh, really uh, through it. Uh, so, uh, for instance, uh, one, one example that I can give you right away. Uh, when when I have a blog out, uh, sometimes I, I I just write it because I feel uh, there, there's going to be right. It's the right thing to publish in that moment. But most of the time, what I do, I have to look at data. Um, so you know, either either keyword or Google Trends or anything that can help you understand whether there is already an audience for that is crucial. And then you have to push it through uh, you know communities. Like Reddit is a is a great place because it has many subreddits where. Uh, people uh, post things and so if you know that there is a specific community around the topic then you post there and uh, you make sure people see it and then you know there is LinkedIn of course then there is Quora so there are many communities that you can use according to the audience that you have and um, you have to make sure that you really push it through uh, again at the beginning it's uh, I think it's uh, it's a sheer force meaning that you have, you have to really push it and then of course, once you've done this kind of work in a few months' time, uh, you start also getting uh, um, traction even without uh, pushing that much. But yeah. initially, you really have to do that. So Absolutely. No, absolutely agreed. Now, coming to the four-week MBA, because I'm really fascinated about that. First of all, um, why did you call it four-week MBA? <laughs> what was your intention around that? Well, first, uh, the, the first influence, of course, as you can imagine, was uh, the four-hour work week. Uh-huh. So based on that, uh, I was like, okay, how, um, uh, as I said, since the MBA is a very nice program, it's something that you want to do, especially if you're trying to switch career, if you want to really progress faster in your career, there may be something to consider. Um, although, as I said, there are uh, there are quite a few drawbacks of an MBA, which is first, um, you're not working for two years, which means that you have to spend money. Uh, it takes a lot of financial resources away. And there is a cost opportunity associated with, uh, with the MBA, which is uh, you may be uh, working while uh, doing the MBA, uh, which also allows you to progress faster in your career. And uh, if you wanted to be an entrepreneur in those two years, uh, you could really build a few businesses and try them out uh, instead of doing the MBA. So I was, okay, um, what uh, do I call a place where I want to teach you how to learn anything about business as fast as possible? Mm-hmm. And for me, it uh, was four weeks because uh, I think uh, one month is a, is a um, nice time frame to learn uh, the basic about anything. And when you have the basic out, then you can really push it through, meaning that you don't have to be, you don't, I don't think you have to put, to put the 
10,000 hours, as they say, to, to build a first uh, business or to learn about something. You can learn the basic in, uh, in four weeks if you're, uh, if you're very uh, focused and if you use the right, uh, the right strategies. So that was the idea. Um, uh, you know, here you're going to find the resources uh, that you need to learn quickly and uh, as, uh, if, as effectively as possible about uh, anything that is related to business, technologies, online business, and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. So, so once you started creating these uh, business courses, uh, now that you had actually been out of the MBA at least for like three years, looking back, what are some of the learnings you had? You know, what are some of the things you thought, I wish I would have known back then when I was doing my MBA uh, that you were actually putting into the courses? Well, um, probably um, at, during the MBA, um, I wish I would have taken myself uh, less seriously <laughs> because, you know, when, when you're, but those are things, uh, once again, that um, you know with time. Correct. So at the time in which you're doing it, uh, it's very hard to realize. But, um, you know, I, I really, uh, of course, we were, we were doing, uh, we were learning uh, many things which were, uh, which were very important, for instance. There was a class which I liked a lot, which was a valuation, which uh, taught, taught you how to uh, put a dollar amount. Uh, very, uh, um, the very simple definition is how to put a dollar amount on a company, which is not, um, uh, which might or may not be, uh, you know, um, in the in the stock exchange. So it's it's just about valuing companies and putting a dollar amount on those. Mm. And uh, I was I was taking it so seriously that I thought you know I was uh, the Gordon Gek of uh, of uh, the situation, meaning that you know I I thought uh, those things for me were um, kind of um, um, how how you would say um, like like the things that I was learning uh, were things that cannot couldn't be questioned because uh, mm. uh, you know these an MBA those are professors which uh, know what they're doing and so on and so forth and. At things I realized that I was wrong because um, also in an MBA you have to be uh, you have to question everything because uh, you cannot take things for granted you have to be a skeptic and so uh, one thing for instance that I realized about corporate finance these are useful tool that the financial analyst or you know anyone in the financial uh, financial industry uh, can use but it's just uh, let's say one interpretation of um, how um, you know things work so. Uh, when you take it, when you take it as a dogma, um, then uh, it can become a counterproductive. Uh, so um, probably, probably that's one thing, and, and just enjoy it without taking it uh, too too seriously. Even even though at the, at the time it's hard to do it because uh, you have a high pressure, uh, you do it full time, uh, you have an expectation on that, uh, and you know there is competition as well. So there are a few things that um, really push you. To have that kind of attitude, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, once again, the I was lucky enough that uh, also the people I um, also people there became also friends, which I still uh, mm. a, a few of them still uh, you know are friends of mine. So that's uh, that's good. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So when you did start, you know, the four-week MBA, um, you know, blog and website, how did you, what kind of revenue sources did you start with? Did you start with the ebooks first? Did you start with the digital online courses first? Or where did you start making money? 
I started making money right away with uh, online courses. Okay. Um, so um, initially, I I was kind of surprised because I launched my first course on Udemy, and uh, after a few days, I had already a few hundred students, um, and uh, that's why I was like, okay, this is uh, this is gonna it's gonna work out. But then then of course things slow down. But my first um, source of income was uh, online teaching. Um, and then from the online course, um, I uh, put together um, an ebook, uh, which basically was just the uh, written version of, uh, of, the, of the course. And uh, that also made me a nice um, income over a year or two. Um, but once again, uh, very far from uh, the objective of making uh, as much as five or $10,000 per month. So um, just to put things in context, uh, as soon as I started, uh, you know, the, the, the best month uh, in which I was making uh, one or two, uh, like over a thousand, uh, it was good for me because I was paying back uh, the, the effort and uh, uh, money was starting to, to come in. But uh, of course, it was, it was not enough. And so I started to think other ways to, to monetize and uh, I experimented a little bit with, uh, with, a, few, with a few things. Nice, 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 great. And and you've written a lot of ebooks. I guess you've written like nine books. Yeah, actually, uh, I now um, I, I removed a few of them okay. because uh, at the time uh, my strategy was clear. Uh, I'll uh, I'll push it on uh, on quantity. So uh, I try to write as much as I can based on uh, things that I know professional or students um, are interested about. And um, I'll push that uh, through and see, you know, see if I can generate enough revenues. And uh, at the time I was, um, uh, which is probably that's something useful as well for people that want to start in uh, with digital business. Um, I was uh, um, thinking, I started, as I said, with platforms that were not mine, like uh, Udemy for online courses and Amazon for uh, for eBooks. Mm. And at the time, it made sense to me because um, I was uh, I was like I don't have a community, no one knows me. So the only way to start is to um, start from a platform that has already a huge audience, and then from there um, you um, that's how that's how you start. I thought, but um, honestly, I didn't think there was the smartest way to go because. Um, I believe uh, if you want to uh, build a sustainable business uh, in digital business, you first have to start building your own uh, online brand. And once you have that, um, you can market it at the price that uh, you feel comfortable with, uh, which you cannot do on a platform like Udemy or Amazon because the competition is just on price. So you may be offering something which is worth a lot, but then you have to sell it for a few bucks just because there is, um, there is the wrong kind of competition there. So um, if I'm going to do it, uh, if I'm going to la- launch my next uh, book or my next course or my next something, uh, I will do it uh, starting from my own uh, platform. Um, that's something that another, another, another key lesson that I've learned uh, throughout the years. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. So, when you when you started presenting the courses uh, on the fourweekmba.com, what kind of 
students did register for it were it were they students who were taking this as an alternative to MBA or were they actually taking it complementing and supplementing their MBA what kind of insights did you get out of you know what are students actually getting out of this well the, the main focus uh, I had uh, three uh, kind of um, students the first one was um, especially uh, like also students uh, um, undergraduate students which uh, were going through accounting and finance, and they, and then uh, they wanted to study for the exam. They didn't feel, uh, you know, they were they studied enough, and so they wanted to get a nice course, which in a very uh, few hours could uh, get them uh, on pay on, you know, um, get them ready for the exam. That's the first uh, the first student type that I had. Mm-hmm. Then the second one is um, uh, someone which is already working. Uh, think about someone which is working in and sales and marketing, but then the person wants to understand more also about the, the financial part of the company so that it can grow uh, way faster within within the organization. So that's the second, uh, second type of person. And then a third kind of person, of course, is uh, someone uh, which uh, uh, is thinking to, uh, you know, take an MBA or um, do something at the, the university level, but uh, it's uh, still uh, not sure about it. So before making uh, such a huge investment of time and money, um, wants to see, uh, wants to learn first the basics and then go with it. Uh, also because the things that uh, I, uh, I thought are things that uh, you know you learn at the MBA. So um, if you're an MBA, um, it doesn't uh, necessarily make sense to. Uh, take this kind of course. As I said, it is more for someone which uh, uh, doesn't want to spend two years in class and you know spend the thousands, uh, dozens of thousands of, the, of dollars, and yet want to get um, uh, you know um, yeah. the, the, a good basic understanding of. Uh, uh, in in at the time it was financial discipline, but honestly, I was thinking um, about uh, several uh, kind. Uh, I mean, I, w- I was thinking about business in general. But then I focused on uh, finance, corporate finance, accounting, because those were the things that uh, I had uh, professional experience uh, um, about. And so I thought it makes sense also to show uh, practically how this kind of industry works. And that is where I can add value right now. Um, was, I, um, was I passionate about uh, necessarily creating those kind of materials? Not 100%, meaning that I knew uh, there was a need for that. I knew that uh, there was a market. I knew that um, you know people would have paid for this kind of products, but uh, I knew I wouldn't uh, have uh, kept producing this kind of materials, and that I wanted to expand more on uh, the digital marketing space. So blogging, um, SEO, uh, you know, digital marketing in general, content marketing, all the kind of things that I talk right now. Um, uh, are the things that I at the time I was thinking to expand over time. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I think a lot of your books and a lot of your courses are in um, accounting and and financial management. Are you are you planning to write ebooks on digital marketing <laughs> as well? I honestly I don't know. Meaning that um, at the time uh, I was thinking as uh, ebooks uh, ebook creation as a sort of business. So mm-hmm. like almost uh, like uh, a farm, like a fir- like a company produces a product. You produce you produce ebooks. Yeah. Uh, right now, I switched uh, a little bit my focus. So honestly, uh, if I had to publish a book, I would do it with a uh, with um, middle big publisher and um, 
I, I would do it more uh, for uh, personal branding rather than looking at the sales figure. Uh, so that I would position myself also in the in the market where I think uh, I would love to be in the next uh, 10, 20 years. Uh, so um, that's what I would use uh, right now a book for, not uh, necessarily for for selling or uh, for making money. True, true, absolutely great. So now now you're doing uh, you're obviously continuing the blog, but you also joined a company called Wordlift uh, and yep. also contributing in search engine people. So that's where you're right now. What's what's next for you what's what's in store you know I, I don't know do you have like some idea for the next year two years five years i don't know uh, oh my god I, I, too I long so, <laughs> yeah no I, I have so many ideas i don't know where to start from that's uh, that's <laughs> the no i'm just kidding but uh, in in a in a way it's true meaning that um, i have uh, i have put down a few things that uh, i want to test uh, this year mm. Uh, one objective, um, I just want to grow my blog uh, to make it become a really um, go-to place for a certain kind of, uh, of people, especially um, top-level uh, people working in the digital marketing space like uh, CMOs, um, so chief marketing officer or, you know, th- this kind of people. So I want to grow that. And then on top, on top of that, of course, uh, I, I'm helping uh, Worldlift uh, scale up, which I'm totally committed uh, to. Uh, it's uh, that already. It's um, it, it it makes me work uh, almost full time. But then, of course, as soon as I have free time, I uh, also do other projects. Then another thing that I want to uh, I'd like to achieve for this year is, of course, uh, keep uh, publishing on a few. Uh, magazines and uh, you, know, you know also also big publications. So I try to get published uh, even more on other um, big outlets uh, about business, technology, finance, and so on. Mm. Um, just because I like writing, so for me it makes sense to you know develop my personal branding through writing because I love to do that. Um, and then you know one more thing, I'm here uh, doing this interview with you, and you know this is the first uh, uh, I. This year, I want to experiment with uh, public speaking. Mm. So I'm planning to do a tour in Europe uh, where I'm going to be showing people, uh, um, you know, the the, the, the service uh, Worldlift. So what we do with the Worldlift, but uh, at the same time, uh, this will allow me to get better also at uh, public speaking. And, you know, I'm planning a tour in Europe, like probably I'm going to do a few... Um, I'm going to be in a few uh, cities like Paris, Barcelona, Madrid, and so on and so forth. And um, and one more thing, I have a few other projects also in my mind, on top of my mind, but, mm. uh, you know, many, quite, quite a few ideas. In terms of um, uh, expanding, uh, expanding my business, um, I have in mind also like a tool or um, another couple of things which, uh, um, of course, will take time. And then one more thing is that, um, you know, since uh, I'm putting money aside as, uh, as much as I can, then I use the money to, to make um, a few investments, um, uh, you know, as, um, as much as I can. So I get the money instead of uh, having them be there. I just invest them in, uh, in, things that, uh, in things that I like, like, you know, stocks and other kind of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that that's lovely uh, to hear your Europe trip. If you're if you're ever in London, let me know. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, next time I'll be there. I'll uh, actually we should organize something together. But uh, yeah, let's absolutely. It after the. 
I think it'll be great to catch up as well because even I'm like I mentioned before we started, I'm making a shift from product management to growth marketing myself. Oh, why not? Yeah, yeah, I'm joining a company to lead the growth team, so that would be pretty exciting as well. And I guess with your experience, it'll be great to catch up. So if yeah. you're ever in London or you know we can catch up for a pint or something. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. And in terms of investment, are you planning to invest in uh, bitcoins? <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to ask that. I knew that. <laughs> well, let me tell you uh, this uh, this story very very short. Um, uh, three months ago, I was trying uh, like probably even more when, when the bitcoin was uh, not even didn't hit uh, the ten thousand mark. Uh, mm. Was very much lower than that. Um, I was like, okay, let me put a fish in that, meaning that uh, I, I know it's very risky. I wouldn't invest my money. Um, what not I cannot afford to lose. So if if you have a bit of money saved aside, uh, which uh, you can afford to lose, I would uh, I would do that. Um, and um, I'm probably going to do it. But uh, um, if if you if you want my opinion about Bitcoin, just um, just a few weeks back, I was reading uh, an interesting book, which is called um, Digital Gold, which I suggest anyone to read if you want to have understanding of all the story about Bitcoin. Mm. Um, I, I was doing a simple uh, math uh, calculation. So if Bitcoin uh, becomes as uh, popular as gold, at least that's also what they say in the book. So if uh, Bitcoin become as, becomes as popular as gold, uh, which is, if I'm not mistaken, like $7 trillion, uh, something like that, mm. then uh, it means that uh, given the limit of Bitcoins that you can um, generate, uh, uh, probably the Bitcoin can be worth as much as uh, probably, I don't, I don't want to say something wrong right now because I don't, I don't remember exactly the calculation, but uh, anywhere from 300000 to $500,000. Uh, but um, once again, this is pure speculation. Mm. Uh, no one knows uh, what will happen. Honestly, I hear many people saying that Bitcoin is the thing, and uh, that uh, I mean it's already a thing because it showed something that no one expected. Uh, but what I think it's the real deal, um, although with still a few flaws and bugs, uh, is not the Bitcoin itself, but is the blockchain. So it's yeah. the technology behind the, the Bitcoin, which is very interesting, is because it can be uh, applied to so many other fields. And once again. Also, the blockchain is not perfect. There are a few issues with uh, with that, but you know, any new system is not perfect at all. Uh, as I like to say, um, since uh, if we if we think about uh, uh, you know complex uh, things, we usually think that those spring up from uh, from other complex things, but that is not the case. Usually, complexity arises from very simple things. So, if we take an example, uh, take uh, the the whole business world. The whole business world is based uh, today on a set of uh, accounting rules, which are as old as 500 years, uh, if not more. And uh, people thought that uh, the first person which uh, invented the, uh, no, I'm going too far with that. Tell me if I'm going too far with that. But um, No, I love the topic. But <laughs> So uh, pe- people which, uh, um, you know, uh, believe that uh, the first person which invented uh, the so-called double entry accounting system, which is the basic of accounting, and you may find it trivial, yet that is the foundation of business itself. Uh, was invented more than five in, about five hundred years ago by Luca Pacioli, which was an Italian merchant. Mm. Even though, even before Pacioli, actually there was another man, which which was called, if I'm not mistaken, Benedetto Cotrugli, which was an Italian businessman at the time. Um, which uh, he said something which is very important. 
um, which now sounds trivial, but at the time was uh, was something huge. So uh, he was saying, if you just have one column um, of accounting uh, in your in your business transactions, then you're not a good businessman. So in order to be a, a good businessman, you have to have two columns: one for what you uh, you're owed, and one for what you owe to people. Now this might sound trivial. Yet that simple system generated a complex business environment, which we still enjoy today. True. So uh, that's why I think the real deal is the is the blockchain, uh, and that's why uh, you know I don't like too much going into discussion about valuation of Bitcoin. Yeah. Is on that. I just did a simple math valuation that um, you know it's also something that you find in the book uh, Digital. Uh, um, digital gold, which again I suggest that anyone reads because it's very interesting. Uh, but I, I just would, uh, I, I would, uh, I'm going to uh, put a little bit of money, which I can afford uh, to lose in mm. that, but no more than that. So it's just, uh, it's like I'm playing poker. It's, it's like I'm playing, uh, you know, uh, I know I'm playing something like the lottery, but uh, I don't expect anything from that kind of uh, investment. Correct. No, absolutely. I think, I think if we start talking about that, we can again go on for <laughs> um, ages. But yeah, really fascinating subject on that as well. Cool. Um, I think I think you know I, I've covered most of the questions that I really wanted to cover uh, in this interview. Nice. One thing I generally ask all the guests, I'm going to ask you the same: is what is the one thing you wish I had asked you? Well, um, I don't know. Honestly, I think uh, I think the discussion was uh, I loved the, this discussion because it was very natural, uh, you know, and we really went through. Um, everything that uh, you know I've been going through in the last years. Mm. I just hope we didn't get too long into this conversation. But um, you know, probably um, I don't know. Like um, one thing could be what's next. So mm. um, what, what do I think is going to be my next move? And uh, as I already said, um, one thing that um, one thing that drives me right now. Uh, is uh, just one 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 verb, which is uh, experiment. So uh, mm. online is uh, fascinating. It's uh, it's amazing uh, online business just because you can experiment in uh, many ways without uh, having to lose anything at all. And actually, what you learn from that, it's uh, I mean, you you get the learning experience from 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 that kind of experimentation. So for people who are who are listening. Um, for me, in the in the next future, and I hope for the future in general, it's going to be about experimenting a few things that uh, uh, I want to try out um, in digital marketing, right? Also in a few other fields. So yeah, uh, it's going to be all. Everything is going to be about experimenting. So that's uh, that's the thing for me. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right in that. I think I think this whole aspect of experimentation also is become really fascinating in today's world, right? So on one yeah. hand, you have so many tools and so many resources that it actually right. becomes it's become a little easier to uh, experiment as well on the other hand it's 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 like any tool if you don't use it well you are again not doing a good job so so many tools can also distract you sometimes from your primary objective on what are you actually trying to achieve <laughs> so it's yeah, very agree, easy to get lost in muddle as well but i think it's it's fascinating i think that's yeah, why that's why yeah that's why that's why when i say experiment i don't mm. really think to, to, I, i'm not thinking about getting lost in tools yeah. which uh, as soon as you're going to join the growth team of uh, this new 
adventure for yeah. you you realize that it's going to be an issue because <laughs> there, there are so many tools out there but uh, experimenting for me means just uh, starting small on something and see if uh, it can become something bigger Correct. but without without any uh, kind of expectation and at least for a short period of a short period of time being focused on that thing so um, not try to jungle too many too many things at once. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's yeah. really fascinating. So so you obviously mean like the strategic part of you know starting projects and actually experimenting with what you find most um, you know interest in right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, just just uh, just the last thing. I know. Uh, I'm sorry for. Uh, no, absolutely. Going I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. Um, I didn't think I would have uh, enjoyed uh, these uh, conversations so much, but uh, lately. <laughs> I, I wrote also a blog post about um, a startup. Uh, it's not it's not anymore a startup, uh, or if you want, it is. But it's a search engine which is called uh, DuckDuckGo. I don't know if you know that. Yes, I've heard um, of it a lot. Yeah. So um, the main focus of the search engine and the way it positioned uh, itself is that it focused on uh, on privacy, and that's why and that's how also it uh, was able to uh, trigger growth by time to time. Um, but uh, what is fascinating about uh, DuckDuckGo is the story of the founder, which is Gabriel Weinberg, which is also the, um, the author of uh, Traction, which is another very nice read. Oh, um, I have the book. I never knew he's the guy who started DuckDuckGo. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's him and another guy. But uh, he's uh, Gabriel Weinberg is the guy who started uh, DuckDuckGo. Mm. And uh, basically, um, he, when he started this company, of course, he had sold a previous uh, company for, uh, I guess, like a few million dollars, probably $10 million. And uh, he uh, was um, alone in his room and uh, he was trying to figure out what to do next what, with his life. And in order for him to figure out, he uh, used a very simple approach. He said, I'm going to start with a bunch of side projects. And uh, he says uh, at uh, one time he, he starts to experiment with like dozens of uh, side projects. And then he says, uh, you know, the, the projects that uh, will stick uh, will be the ones uh, that first will be more successful because it means there might be a market for those. And then the most important aspect is that I will keep going with the ones that I love so much that I know that at least in the next 10 years, I would love to spend uh, you know, time developing those projects because that's uh, the amount of time that you have to give yourself if you're starting today any business. That's the amount of time that you have to give yourself if you want to be successful. And that's what he says. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind. So start as many side projects as you can in your spare time. Because as many as many say that uh, you know the the real thing is not what you're doing in the in your real job. Although in, in this case I do not agree because I love what I'm doing uh, what I'm doing also with the with Worldlift. But um, you know the real thing might be the, your your next uh, side project. So start as many side projects as possible. Then the ones that you're gonna feel more passionate about and about and you will stick for uh, you know you you're able to stick for ten years. Those are the ones that you want to keep going and uh, keep pushing. So nice. that's I, I found it a very uh, good, uh, you know, very good approach. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. In fact, since you're into podcasts, have you heard of this guy called Nick Loper? Um, Nick, not sure. Nick Loper. So he, he runs a podcast called The Side Hustle Show or something like that. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, so you yeah. can check it out. Even So basically he interviews people who started, uh, who are either running a side hustle or they started mm. uh, running a side hustle and some of them converted into full-time jobs after that. And, and that's right. the same kind of approach, like just 
start as much as possible on the side and then take it from there so nice amazing fascinating um amazing i i love this as as well generous so i really appreciate your time it's it's close to 9 p.m where you are right now yeah so, exactly <laughs> thanks a lot thanks a lot for sure. overstaying as well um the one last thing is how do people you know know more about you and how can they get in touch with you Well, the best way is just to go to the fourweekmba.com uh, where they're going to find my latest articles and how you and how, you know, the things that I'm learning and experimenting with. And then, of course, um, just uh, feel free to connect on LinkedIn, uh, where which is uh, really the, the social that uh, I use the most. I don't use much the others, uh, but I love LinkedIn. I use Twitter. So connect with me on LinkedIn and I'd be glad uh, to to help you out if uh, you know if you if you need help or if you think uh, you know it's just worth connecting just uh, ping me on uh, on linkedin perfect perfect thank you thanks a lot and i really yep. appreciate your time today thanks a lot thank you thank you very much very, very much avinash it was it was great uh, having this conversation and once again i didn't think i would have enjoyed it uh, so much <laughs> thank you take care bye 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 Thank you for listening to the MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to the mbajam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.